Happy New Year, everyone. All right. I love the new year. I love the anticipation of a clean slate, the hope of a new beginning, the expectancy of a fresh start. There's just something special about the new year. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. It's in the air. Yet, this short transition period, this short in-between time as we transition from 2016 to 2017 can be a fragile period. You see, we can waste this opportunity or we can take full advantage of this opportunity that kind of comes once a year. In many ways, this in-between time, this transition time can be a momentum-generating opportunity. And so my hope is that you'll take full advantage of this opportunity. My hope is that you'll be intentional. My hope is that you won't waste this short transition period between 2016 to 2017. My hope is that you have or you will have set some goals and maybe some dreams for the new year. I usually start preparing my sermon early in the week. Usually on Monday or Tuesday, I I start praying and asking the Lord for a word that he might want me to share with God's people. And so this past week, I was on my knees praying on Tuesday morning. And I remember praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what would you like me to say to God's people on this first day of 2017? And then I thought, oh Lord, maybe I could share on dreaming big dreams and doing great things for God and say something inspirational that might motivate God's people to go for it. But the Lord said, nope, they can find that out there. And so I said, oh Lord, I got it. Maybe I'll I'll teach the church how to set some goals. I'm pretty good at goal setting, Lord. And the Lord said, nope. They can get it out there. I believe the word, the Lord has a specific word for us this morning. And it's just one simple word. And the word is this, faith. You see, faith is one thing that you can't get out there. You can't go to Walmart and buy faith. You can't go to a restaurant and order up some faith. Yet, wherever you are now and wherever you'll need to go in 2017, you'll need faith. You'll need faith to propel you from this season into the next. We all need faith to move us out of 2017, 2016, and into 2017. And so, how is faith activated? Where does faith come from? How is faith released? Here's the secret, and it's on the screen. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. It says, So then, 
Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How is faith activated? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How is faith released? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. One of the main things that has helped me in the various seasons of my life is this. Activating and releasing faith by declaring and decreeing the word of God. I hold on to the promises of God passionately. I declare and decree the word of God like my life depended on it. Let me give you a few examples. There are times in my life when I'm tired and weary. And when I'm tired and weary, I declare and decree Psalm 23 over my life. Listen carefully to what Psalm 23 says. It says this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And when I recite scripture, when I declare and decree the word of God, faith is activated and released within me. Faith invades the tired and weary spaces within me. Faith begins to arise within me. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me give you another example. There are some days when I feel useless, when I feel like I'm no good and I have nothing to offer anyone. And in those days, I declare and decree Psalm 139 over my life. Listen carefully to what Psalm 139 says. It says this, it says, For you have formed my inward parts. You have woven me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts toward me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And when I declare and decree the word of God, faith 
begins to activate and release within me. Faith begins to invade those spaces that tell me I'm no good and I have nothing to offer anyone. Faith begins to bubble up within me. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There are days when this pastor feels unloved, feels alone. And in those days, I declare and decree Romans chapter 8, verse 35 and 39 over my life. Listen carefully to what Romans 8 says. It says this, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when I declare and decree the word of God, faith is activated and released within me. Faith begins to invade those spaces that say I'm unloved and I'm alone. Faith begins to build up within me. You see, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. There's days when this pastor is overwhelmed with fear and doubt. In those days, I declare and decree Isaiah 41.10 over my life. Listen carefully to what Isaiah 41.10 says. It says this. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And when I declare and decree the word of God, faith arises within me. You see, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. There's those, some, and some of you probably experience this, there's some days where you just are in despair and you don't know what to pray. And I've had those days. And sometimes, in those days, I just fall to my knees. And I declare and decree the Lord's Prayer. Slowly, deliberately, thoughtfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And when I declare and decree the word of God, 
faith is activated and released within me. Faith begins to build up, begins to well up within me. You see, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This morning, I'm believing God to activate and release faith in this place. I'm believing God to activate and release faith in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm simply going to recite Hebrews chapter 11 in your hearing. That'll be my part. And I'm believing God to do His part. I'm believing the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting this morning. The Lord has used Hebrews chapter 11 to activate and release faith in my life throughout this past year like never before. Whenever I found myself in a situation that needed faith this past year, I would declare and decree Hebrews chapter 11 over my life. And as we begin 2017, I believe, I believe that I'm to pass it on to you. I believe that I'm to share it with you. I believe I'm to impart it to you. It's kind of like this. As a young boy, I, I'm a, my sister and I, we grew up in a poor neighborhood and us kids, we didn't have much growing up. But there's one fond memory I remember of Christmas that we all look forward to. And it was this Christmas parade on Liliha Street. And there was nothing spectacular, no floats. It's just a simple kind of parade. But the thing that we so looked forward to was the end of the parade. Because at the end of the parade would be Santa Claus. And he'd be sitting high up. And, the, and he'd be tossing candy at us. He'd be tossing candy all over the place. And I think Santa knew that we were poor kids because it was gigantic handfuls of candy that he would toss. It would like hit us in the face all over the place. It was crazy. And we would, us kids, we would all be standing up and we'd all be jumping up and down and we'd all be reaching out our arms to receive, to catch, to snatch, to receive the candy. It's kind of like this. Imagine this same scenario, but instead in the spiritual realm. Imagine, imagine that it's like this. That Because I think we all, especially me, recognize our poverty of soul. We recognize our poverty of spirit. And we recognize, I recognize that I'm desperate. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty for a touch from the Lord. And perhaps maybe this morning that is true of you as well, that you desire a touch from the Lord. And so this morning, as I, as I recite Hebrews chapter 11 in your hearing, maybe in faith you may want to stand up. Maybe in faith you may want to stretch out your hands Maybe in faith, you may want to catch 
and receive and snatch. And so this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to sit down and and recite Hebrews chapter 11 in your hearing. And I'm going to close my eyes because I, it's between you and the Lord. I don't even want to look at you. And I don't, whatever you do is up to you and the Lord, okay? And so this is what's going to happen. This is the plan. After I'm done reciting Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to just take a moment of silence, a moment of stillness, And then I'm just going to conclude our time by saying in Jesus' name, amen. And we'll move into our communion time. Is that a plan? Okay. So, um, church, I've never done this before, okay? I know you guys are all freaking out. I'm freaking out too, okay? But this is, because this is new to me. And I'm just trying to be obedient to the Lord's leading, okay? And so, we're just going to try this. If it works, awesome. I'm believing God that it will. And so church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, receive this impartation of faith as I recite Hebrews chapter 11 in your hearing. And remember this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. 
by faith. They lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah, who was past age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring shall be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused 
to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people marched around them for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and ministered justice and gained what was promised who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart.
Jesus' name.